Hello, everyone. This is Dovi Shapiro, and today I will be interviewing Rabbi Avi Rabin Shliach in West Hills, California, on the topic of a gala dinner, part two. Thank you, Avi, for taking time out of your busy schedule to share your experiences and help Shluchim have more Atzlach in their Shluchas. Thank you, Dovi. It's, uh, it's an honor and a privilege uh, to be able to be a part of this, and thank you for all your hard work that you do. I would like to thank our sponsors. I would like to thank Fossman Jewelers, The Smetana Group, Gift Card Zen, Ohana Pay, and Machon Stam. Thank you for making the podcast available to all Shluchim, and we request from all the Shluchim to support our sponsors so we can continue doing the weekly podcast. Let's get right to it. Last week, Avi, you spoke about, in part one of Gala Dinner, the reason um, why, what could be accomplished through a dinner that can't be accomplished through anything else, and um, the importance of having the right honorees. This week we're going to talk about the basics, breaking down what it is that a shliach um, is getting into when you're doing a dinner and to have a successful dinner. So let's, let's uh, talk about those steps that a shliach needs to take. Okay, so the first thing you need to do is you need to work out a date that you want to do your dinner. You have to speak to your, your honoree or honorees and make sure that it's a date that works for them. So usually you're going to be booking your dinner six months or nine months in advance to make sure that it works for everybody's schedule. Then you're going to check into your local Jewish Federation and make sure that there's no other events happening on that night. You don't want to do it the night of the Friends of the IDF or the same night as uh, any other uh, shul in your area or it depends if you live in a big city or a small city. You want to just make sure that the Jewish calendar is open for that night. You want to make sure it's not the night of the Oscars, the Habdil, or any other uh, big big event because people are not going to go out. There's a big sports event, etc., etc. Then what you want to do is you want to get a venue. You need to make sure that you've got the right venue. You want to get a nice hotel or place in town. Wherever you, you're doing your, your dinner, you need to make sure that it's available. Once you've got those two things, then you lock down your entertainment for the evening and your caterer. Once you've done that, you are ready to go. 75% of the work is, uh, is done, and uh, now you're ready to put in concerted effort into making the dinner a success. You've got your honoree, you've got your date, you've got your entertainment, you've got your venue, you've got your caterer, and now you're uh, ready to start making the dinner a success for your uh, Chabad house. The first thing you're going to do is you're going to send out a save the date. So you send this out, I'm not sure, go ahead, that's the professional four months before, five months before, you want to get six months before, you want to give people a, a big heads up. You also want to start getting people to talk about it. So you send out a save the date and you put something on Facebook and you send out an email and you send out a big exciting event that's going on and then uh, two weeks later you send out about the entertainment and you just start creating an, an energy in the community that, wow, oh wow, Chabad's doing a, a gala. It's very, very exciting. Once you've sent out your save the date, you're, the next thing you're going to do is on your list of things to do is you're going to get a list of people from your honorees and you're going to send them a letter on behalf of the honoree. You're going to get as many letters out there that you, could, you can get on the Shluchim Exchange or, or call people and uh, the letter says, Dear Mr. So-and-so, and it's on behalf of your honorees. So he'll say, I've been involved with Chabad for the last five years and I love Chabad, yada, yada, yada. You're going to prepare all of these letters. You're going to put them onto a, a letterhead. And all you need your honoree to do is to sign them 
And ideally, in a perfect world, this goes back to what we spoke about last time, your honoree is committed to your gala and wants it to be a success. If they can write something personal on every letter, that is the best. Just like when you send a thank you letter to all your balabatim, if you just sign it and you send it out, people are not even aware that you gave the, that, that they gave the donation. But if you write on the thank you letter, uh, Dear Bob, I hope your mom's feeling better and thank you for your contribution and Dear Mary, etc., they feel like you actually acknowledge their contribution. The same thing is when you're on a resending out their letter, if they could write something on that letter, that is golden. That's going to be sent out before your invitation. So that goes out to the, to the uh, business associates, to friends, etc. Then, I think approximately six weeks is the goal, six to seven weeks before your, your gate, and I could be off, it could be a little too in advance, but I, I think that's when it's supposed to hit. That's when your invitation is supposed to arrive um, at people's home. Because remember, you need this to cook, but it's solid. It's not like you're inviting people to an event that's coming two weeks later. They need to hear about it. They need to think about it. They need to put it on their refrigerator. They need to talk to their friends. People aren't just deciding uh, at the last minute to go to a gala, even though we'll discuss later on it. Don't get nervous because people only eventually sign up the week before, if you're lucky, uh, two weeks before. But it needs to be out there in the community that you're doing it. But then you send out your invitation. Now, you, they need, you need to get a professional, graphic uh, designer to help you, and there's people that do that. There's the people that design it, and they'll print it for you because the invitations are not like postcards. They have to fit in certain envelopes, and the envelope has to have its own design, and everything has to have its own design. I would strongly encourage everybody to invest a little bit more money in the invitation, not to say you should not send out a ridiculous invitation that people think, wow, you're wasting money on the invitation, but it needs to be choshev. If it's a little uh, invitation and you didn't spend money on a good graphic designer, and your, your graphics don't look good, and your fonts don't look good, and doesn't look of well, then people are not going to be interested. First impressions last. Whatever you send out, what the invitation looks like, that's the event that people think they're going to. So it's very important, what I think, that your invitation needs to look very good. Once I just want to share something. Goes, one second. One second. I just want to share something about that. Uh, when we, we had our invitation designed, it was really nice for our dinner. Uh, and we felt also it was really important to make a nice uh, invitation. Um, we happened to work with Spotlight Design when we did it. And um, one of the honorees told us that uh, one of their relatives got the invitation and called them up and said that they, they, they could tell that this is going to be a serious dinner. And they, uh, they could already see that, that we're going to raise a lot of money um, which in their own temple, when they did a dinner, they did not raise money, and the invitation was really nothing special at all. So they, the feed, like just from the nice invitation, they already made the impression. So absolutely, it makes, the, it makes the right impression. And because the invitation is not just for the people who are coming, but also for people who could send in donations and ads in the journal, having it designed nicely, above average, um, really makes a difference to how much you're going to bring in. Absolutely, and, and and again, you know, just don't go over the top. Don't think you need to spend for it's not a it's not a, a rich Beverly Hills kid uh, bar mitzvah. That mitzvah, you're spending thirty dollars an invitation. Whatever it costs, just make it look nice. Remember that at other temples, all the fundraisers are run by committees and by people that go to the shul very often. And those people are very clean capitalistic, and they're going to think, where are we going to save money? How are we going to make the shul money? We're going to save two hundred dollars on the invitation. End up sending out a, a not good looking invitation, and the whole thing looks cheap. 
We at the Shliach, this is your, your life, this is your, your whole existence. This is, you've been waiting to do this dinner for the last five or six or seven or ten years, so you are going to make it look uh, nicer. People always comment that Chabad has the best uh, uh, marketing materials because we invest in it because this is our, our life. So once you send yeah. out your, uh, your invitation, um, you're going to set up a, 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 a page on your website this is very important, where people can sign up online and make their donations via the web. In today's world, most people don't send in checks. Most people want to do everything today electronically. So if you're going to make it as easy as possible for people to sign up, you must have a, a website, a beautiful page. And again, the same idea as your, as, your, as your invitation, your website needs to look good. You need to make a little mini site and it needs to have a... No, you're the same as the fit your invitation. You use the same graphics on the invitation. You have a little section about. You have a little section register. You have a little section of honorees. And you have a little video you could put up or something. Whatever your it looks like, that's what people are going to give. If somebody comes to your website and it looks uh, looks bad, they're going to give you $180. Somebody comes to your website and it looks kosher, they're going to give you $1,800. People want to support winners. People don't want to support losers. This is a very important point. A lot of shlokim under the impression that if you cry poverty enough, people will want to help you. People don't want to give money to a black hole. People want to give money where they think it's going to be used properly and successfully, and you're growing and you're a winner. And the way to do that absolutely. is marketing. If you make yeah, yourself absolutely. look good, then you look good. If you make yourself look bad, you look bad. So there's definitely, when it comes to marketing and perception, it's definitely worthwhile spending the extra money. Um, I just uh, I don't want to get too into the de- the details of the invitation, but uh, I think it's an imp- just an important thing to mention about the how the invitation is not just inviting people, but it's an opportunity for donations and uh, ads in the journal. The same thing with the website, no? Absolutely. And also, in addition, as we discussed, the the gate is also about chashivas for your chavara. When your invitation and your website looks chashiv. Well, then other shuls down the road, when they come to your website and they look at your website, they go, oh, my gosh, this is a Chabad putting on an amazing event. Even though they're not going to come, people are going to see it. People are going to say, whoa, Chabad did a beautiful event. If it looks, uh, you know, doesn't look kosher, people are going to look and say, ah, we knew Chabad was backyard. We always knew that, you know, we're just trying to get by. And there's not much, uh, it's, 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 an average, uh, it's an average place. So whatever people see, perception creates reality. Then once you've done that, you put it on Facebook, obviously, and you make an event for Facebook with a link to uh, your website. You're going to be, you know, sharing it on Facebook. Now, because you've got an honoree that's very committed and they know people, this is very, very important. You're going to ask them for a name, for, for a list of two or three or four of their friends that would like to help you get people to come to the dinner. Either you know their friends or you don't know their friends. This is very important because if their friends are excited about it and excited about honoring them, then they're going to get all their other friends to come. They're going to share it on Facebook. They're going to forward emails. You're going to, well, what I did was I took the list that I got from my honorees and I sat down with their friends and we went through the list and each of the, of the friends took, apart, took the names of the people that they felt that they were friendly with and they called the friends of the honorees on, my be- on behalf of the honorees, not on my behalf, on behalf of the honorees. It's much more powerful when the, one of the friends says, hey, are you going to the Chabad Gala because they're honoring our good friends, the Goodmans, 
and uh, or the Cohen, and uh, the other friends like doesn't want to sound like a snorer and say, "Oh, I'm not going to go." Uh, of course, I want to go. You're going. He's going. Jerry's going. We're all going to go. It's going to be a beautiful, uh, a beautiful evening. But if the rabbi calls, it's like, "Thank you, rabbi. I have my own rabbi, and uh, we're involved in uh, you know 17 Jewish causes." And thank you so much for for, for asking me, but actually, I can't make it. So it's very important to wear a strong committee of friends of the honoree that will call on your behalf. If you can do it, call on your behalf to get the honoree's friend to come and to participate. Do you think it's important in general to have a committee, um, a dinner committee? I am of the opinion that it's very, very important to have it. But a dinner committee could be just two people. And uh, you have to also, this is another podcast all by itself, Perhaps it's also connected to the idea of committees. You have to be very, very careful of committees. They can be the greatest thing in the whole world, and they can be the biggest disaster in the whole world. If you have a good committee, which means just, I had two people, two chair people that helped me do my uh, galas, and they are phenomenal. These are people that care about the, the, the galas as much as I do. They're more talented in many areas than I am, and they are the ones that put together my silent auction. They got me the prizes sorry, my live auction, and they were really, really, they drove the project in a big way. But I, uh, you can also have meetings where you have people, they sit around the table arguing about whether you should do a raffle or not. And then before you know it, one person gets uh, insulted, and the whole evening is all about them arguing about the price of the raffle instead of getting anything done. So you've got to know how to handle committees, you've got to know which questions to ask them. Ideally, everything should be organized before you, with your real two chair people, two people that are really helping you. And then you can have a meeting with a larger com- uh, committee and you already know where your location is, you already have your date, you already have the time, you already have your entertainer. For them, you're going to discuss more, uh, you know, how long is hors d'oeuvres, uh, do you feel that the, the raffle ticket should be $18 or $36, maybe they can help you get raffle items. You want to get them excited so they can bring community people. You just don't want to have too many people giving their opinions, otherwise you're going to get nowhere very fast. I think that's a I think that's a very very good point. Okay, um, one second. So just this is off the record. You talked about that. that I don't know if you spoke enough, clarified enough about. I mean, by us, a lot of people didn't come to the dinner, but they sent in donations, and a lot of people didn't come, but they put an ad in the journal. But that doesn't just happen. It happens from a letter. Well, it happens right. from from uh, right. from an invitation. A, you're right. So. Now that you've got your, your website up and you've got your Facebook page up and you've got your committee making phone calls, not everybody can come to the dinner. People are busy. People are out of town. People want to give honor to their friends, but it just doesn't work out to be there that evening. A lot of money can be made from the journal. Now, especially if your honoree is somebody in business. Let's say they're a doctor or they're a wealth ma- uh, management or they, uh, they're the kind of people that are in business that know a lot of people. The guy runs a big factory, and he's got a lot of uh, suppliers that supply him uh, materials. You, that's when you want to bank in on his relationships. And uh, the people that work with him want to give a donation, not because they love Chabad, but because they love you. They want to give it because it's good for business. Because if they give an $1,800 or $5,000 or $10,000 donation in honor of Mr. Cohen, well, Mr. Cohen's going to know all about it. It's going to be in the journal, and Mr. Cohen's going to feel indebted to them. So 
it's very important to try and use that out, to try and raise as much money from it, from the people that are coming and also from the people that aren't coming. Thank you, Avi, for this part two of a gala dinner. We really appreciate your time. Thank you, Dovi. This is Dovi Shapiro, and if you have any ideas of Shluchim to interview, please let me know. We have the Yamim Neiroim coming up, and um, if anyone has any ideas of a specific Shliach to interview in regards to Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, ideas that can help other Shluchim, please email me and let me know. Make it a great week.